Welcome back, my fellow door openers, to a somewhat long-awaited episode of Doors of the Universe podcast. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed it's been since October since we have gotten together and talked about all the amazing things in this universe, past, present, and possible. Um, yeah. So it was back in October. Lots got on. A lot of a lot of things happened. We had we had the holiday season, which is always fun, always a blast. I got to go home for a couple of weeks to go see family. Um, got some got some tattoos. Got some uh, got some magic time in person with friends as opposed to playing spell table. Um, but most importantly, yeah, I got to spend time with family and people. I actually want to hang out with and want to see so i know holidays aren't the best for everybody but i was very lucky to have a great holiday season this year um but yeah it's just been i have been on the go my job as always is keeping me busy and we are now expanding so that's gonna just keep me <laughs> keep me uh engaged with work which is good because i need to I need things to pull me in to keep me focused, and this expansion seems like it's going to be something that's going to be uh, very good for that. Good for the good for the city of Portland, and good for the houseless community. Good for um, just everybody all around. This expansion's great. Um, but yeah, what else? We've got some. It's a couple wild weeks since it's already in 2024. Or a couple wild weeks, a couple wild days. <laughs> um, we had the Epstein list have been released, um, the flight list. Um, so that's that's exciting. A lot of people popping up on there. A lot of uh, a lot of good meme quality and stuff. Let's see. Let's hope some uh, some pot some. Hmm, how do I want to word this? Let's hope some people get what they deserve. Let's put it that way. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Um, and uh, which also related on my trip home, all the YouTube video users can see this, but it's going to be different for the audio listeners. But I got my Sink the Rich shirt from uh, Ace Wild recently. Um, he runs Harm Done Press. Um, a good friend of mine, and I love his artwork. He did the artwork for this podcast, our our cover artwork with the, with the Sasquatch walking into the eye. Um, but yeah, got my Sink the Rich shirt, so good timing with all the Epstein lists and all the all these new famous people we're learning that were associated with Epstein and his very creepy sex island. Um to say none of us here at doors of the universe podcast which is just myself believe that uh epstein hung himself i think there are bigger hands that play because i've seen all these lists i'm one i i'm interested to see how these next couple of months or year plays out with all this information being released we got aliens at the miami mall um six to ten foot creatures i think they said gray Looking, walking around the mall, everybody, they were saying it was a bunch of kids with sticks and firecrackers. 
couple of kids, uh, like group of eight kids or something, got into it, and which was enough reason for sixty plus police to show up and the airspace over the mall to be closed off. Seems a little questionable to me. I don't know. That's just me. I don't. I don't know. I was a kid once that used to set off fireworks. Anytime the cops came for that, we had one cop show up. So, um, yeah, look a little more into that. I keep sharing um, as they pop up. I share stories on Instagram um, regarding the alien invasion at the mall. Um, but man, yeah, it's been it has been a wild couple months. It's been. It's been a good couple months, so I feel re-energized. I feel better. I feel, I honestly feel hopeful um, for the future, which I am, I am not, I don't consider myself a pessimist, but I, there's certain things that make me pessimistic, let's put it that way, um, for our future, um, for our country, for, for everything, you know, it's just like, there's a lot going on right now and a lot that is out of my control and a lot that I am allowing to be out of my control, not controlling it and just living life on life's terms, riding those wonderful waves we come across every day as we traverse these plains. Um, yeah, I don't know that I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep us any longer. I know we have been waiting for this episode for probably longer than, well, no, it was probably about two months. I remember I posted the Markiplier TikTok uh, template with uh, a very large, what looks like dinosaur bird, um, because that is exactly what it is, and that is what we are here to talk about today. Um, it has been something, this is, I have certain episodes where I do them, I just have a really hard time getting through them, like doing the research, getting it all set up, um, like some of these are a struggle for me to do, and I don't know if that's, I don't know, it's not that I don't find this topic interesting, it's not, just some of them, I don't know why, it just is harder for me to do, I, I've learned a lot about this bird. I learned a lot in general through this study and I, I enjoyed it, but it was hard for me to get it all together and in a formatted and just kind of be able to sit down with it. And time constraints were probably the issue, but overall, I don't know, just some episodes are like that, but here we are. I say we just get rolling into it because that is the best way to go about this that I know of. So what is today's episode on. So what is this bird that I've been sharing all these pictures, videos, memes about? Um, well, it's the elephant bird. Never heard of the elephant bird? Well, neither had I until I started researching it. Um, I think what brought me to this was, if I remember correctly, when I was doing the Congo snake uh, the 50 foot Congo snake episode. Um, I think one of the articles I was reading had brought something up about the elephant bird. And I was like, elephant bird, that sounds interesting. 
So I added it to my Will of Destiny to choose for a future topic. Um, didn't look into it at all at that time. Didn't really know anything about it. But it was in the mix and it popped up. So the Elephant Bird. Um, so the Elephant Bird has, it is it was a real creature. It was, we have fossils, we have everything. We have, we have eyewitness stories of the Elephant Bird. Uh, Elephant birds have been extinct since at least the 17th century. Etienne de Flacour, a French governor of Madagascar during the 1640s and 1650s, mentioned an ostrich-like bird said to inhabit unpopulated regions, although it is unclear whether he was repeating folktales from generations earlier. There has been speculation, especially popular in the latter half of the 19th century, that the legendary rock from the accounts of Marco Polo was ultimately based on elephant birds, but this is disputed. The rock we are referring to is not the one asking you if you can smell what he's cooking. We are talking about an enormous legendary bird of prey in the popular mythology of the Middle East. The rock appears in... Arab geographies and natural history popularized in Arabian fairy tales and sailors' folklore. Ibn Battuta tells of a mountain hovering in the air over the China Seas, which was the rock. The story collection, 1001 Nights, includes tales... I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Um, you can look this up yourself, but it's Abd al-Rahman, the Maghribi, Maghribi's story of the ruck. And Sinbad the Sailor. That one was a lot easier. Both of which include The Rock. Speaking of Sinbad the Sailor, did anybody else grow up watching the Sinbad the Sailor claymation? I guess it wasn't, wouldn't say grow up. Did, your, did you have family members in your household that had copies of Sinbad the Sailor? Because if you have not seen them, they are some of the best, most enjoyable claymation movies I've ever watched where he's fighting like claymation cyclops, he's fighting claymation skeletons with swords and shields. If you can find it, get on it. Uh, but both of those stories include The Rock. I don't remember if The Rock was in the claymations. It's not all claymations, it's live action fighting claymation, which makes it so much better. Um, but I'm not sure if The Rock was included in that. There might have been multiple ones. I only know I had one at my grandparents' house that I loved to watch. There was that in Raisin, Arizona. Don't tell mom and dad. Uh, between 1830 and 1840, European travelers in Madagascar saw giant eggs and eggshells. British observers were more willing to believe the accounts of giant birds and eggs because they knew of the moa in New Zealand. Um, speaking of another group of large, extinct, flightless birds, uh, the moa was formerly native to New Zealand. Um, the word moa is a Polynesian term for domestic fowl. During the late Pleistocene, Holocene, there were nine species. The largest species, Dinornis robustus and Dinornis Oh, that's a hard one. Noves LNDA. You can look it up in the footnotes that tell where all my resources come from. Uh, but they reached about 3.6 meters or 12 feet in height when its neck was outstretched. Get a 12 foot bird. A 12 foot bird. Um, 
Clint's neck was outstretched and weighed about 230 kilograms or 510 pounds. While the smallest, the bush moa, uh, was around the size of a turkey. A little more, a little more mana, a little bit more manageable. Um, in 1851, the genus Apiornis and species Apiornis maximus were scientifically described in a paper presented to the Paris Academy of Sciences by Isidore Geoffrey Geoffrey Saint Hilaire Hilaire um, based on bones and eggs recently obtained from the island which resulted in wide coverage of the popular presses of the time, particularly due to their very large eggs. You think it's a 12-foot bird. We're gonna, I don't need almost to come from birds anymore, but uh, that's, uh, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of egg. A 12-foot bird. Jeez. Um, like the ostrich, rhea, cassowary, emu, kiwi, and extinct moa, elephant birds were ratites. They could not fly, and their breastbones had no keel. What's a keel, you ask? K-E-E-L. I had to look it up myself. A keel or carina in bird anatomy is an extension of the sternum, the breastbone, which runs axially along the midline of the sternum and extends outward, perpendicular to the plane of the ribs. The keel provides an anchor to which a bird's wing muscles attach, thereby providing adequate leverage for flight. Historically, the presence or absence of a pronounced keel structure was used as a broad classification of birds into two orders. Carinate, from carina or keel, having a pronounced keel, and ratites, from ratus or raft, referring to the flatness of the sternum. Moving on. Having a subtle keel structure or lacking one entirely. Uh, because Madagascar and Africa separated before the ratite lineage arose, elephant birds have been thought to have dispersed and become flightless and gigantic in the original location. More recently, it has been deduced from DNA sequence comparisons that the closest living relative of the elephant birds, drumroll please, are the New Zealand kiwi, which is roughly two feet tall. Though the split between the two groups is deep, with the two lineages being estimated to have diverged from each other about 54 million years ago. The ancestors of elephant birds are thought to have arrived in Madagascar well after Gondwana broke apart. What is Gondwana, you may ask? Gondwana was a large landmass, sometimes referred to as a supercontinent. In geology, a supercontinent is the assembly of most or all of Earth's continental blocks or cratons to form Cratons to form a single large landmass. However, some geologists use a different definition, a grouping of formerly dispersed continents, which leaves room for interpretation and is easier to apply to pre-Cambrian times. Supercontinents have assembled and dispersed multiple times in the geological past. According to the modern definitions, a supercontinent does not exist today. The closest in existence to a supercontinent is the current Afro-Eurasian landmass, which covers approximately 57% of the Earth's total land area. The last period in which the continental landmasses were near to one another was 336 to 175 million years ago. Just a, just a minor gap in time there. Um, as the supercontinent of the more popular, more well-known Pangaea. So there are three extinct groups that are undisputed members of Polyognathi. The lithorniforms, 
denornithiforms, moas, apiornithiforms, elephant birds, the latter two of which became extinct in the last 1250 years. The word paleognath is derived from the ancient Greek for old jaws in reference to the skeletal anatomy of the palate, which is described as more primitive and reptilian than that in other birds. Gondwana broke apart in the crustaceous, and their phylogenetic tree does not match the process of continental drift. Madagascar has a notoriously poor Cenozoic terrestrial fossil record, with essentially no fossils between the end of the Cretaceous and the late Pleistocene. Complete mitochondrial genomes obtained from elephant birds' eggshells suggest that Apiornis and Moliornis are significantly genetically divergent from each other with the molecular clock analysis estimating the split around 27 million years ago. Two whole eggs have been found in the dune deposits in southern western Australia, one in the 1930s, the Scott River egg, and one in 1992, the Cervantes egg. Both have been identified as Apiornis maximus. It is hypothesized that the eggs floated from Madagascar to Australia on the Antarctic Circumpolar Current. Evidence supporting this is the finding of two fresh penguin eggs that were washed ashore in the western Australia but originated in the Kerguelen Islands, and an ostrich egg found floating in the Timor Sea in the early 1990s. Up to 10 or 11 species of the genus Apiornis have been described, but the validity of many have been disputed, with numerous authors treating them all in just one species, Apiornis maximus. Up to three species have been described in Moliornis. But recent work, but recent work has restricted the number of elephant bird species to three, with two in Apiornis and one in Moliornis. All elephant birds are usually placed in the single family Apiornithidae. All that to say, what do these, what do these birds look like? Um, what's a, what's a breakdown of what we're looking at here? So elephant birds were, picture big bird, but taller. I did look it up. Big bird, um, the character on Sesame Street was eight foot two from his feet to his top feathers from his, yeah. So imagine that, but a little bit taller. Elephant birds were large-sized birds, the largest reaching 3 meters, 9.8 feet tall, in normal standing posture. It had vestigial wings, long legs, and necks, with small heads relative to body size, which bore straight, thick conical beaks that were not hooked. The top of the elephant bird's skull displayed punctuated marks, which may have been attachment sites for fleshy structures or head feathers. Molarornis is the smallest of the elephant birds with a body mass of around 80 kilograms or 180 pounds, with its skeleton much less robustly built than Apiornis. Apiornis hildebrandti is thought to have had a body mass of around 230-285 kilograms, 507-628 pounds. Estimates of the body mass of Apiornis maximus span from around 275 kilograms, 606 pounds, to 700 to 1,000 kilograms, 1,500 to 2,200 pounds, making it one of the largest birds ever. Females of Apiornis maximus are suggested to have been larger than the males and is observed in other, as is observed in other rat tides. 
So these birds are, you've seen Big Bird, who I said was eight foot two. So imagine them another foot taller, walking on two legs, um, non-flying. Now, mind you, while this was a considered who probably did live off of fruit, um, low-lying fruit, I still wouldn't want to come up on a nine foot eight bird. That is, I mean, because I, I mean, I don't know how many of you have ever seen a an ostrich, but I mean, ostriches are scary enough themselves. They are. I'm I, I'm more thinking not so much as attacking me, but as defending themselves. Let's put it that way. I don't whether or not they're dangerous is up for. I mean, they're dangerous in the fact that there could be up to 2,200 pounds. A bird that's 2,200 pounds and trying to defend its territory is not a situation I'd be involved in. But apparently the earlier humans did, because we'll get to that later. Um, So it looks like, biology-wise, the examination of... So, so another interesting fact. So, and, and mind you, this is a bird that can be up to 2,200 pounds, and its closest living relative is the kiwi, which is usually about two feet tall at most. Um... One interesting thing I read was there was the possibility of bringing Apiornis maximus de-extincting it, uh, which would involve um, gathering scraps of DNA of the Apiornis maximus and and combining it with a kiwi genome, um, which is like wild to me how modern biology works and everything. Um, so yeah, that could be, you know what? I, uh, no, I don't want this bird to come back. I'm happy this bird is gone. I'm sad it went extinct, but I am also okay with it not being walking among me today, among us today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that that is a possibility. Cause I don't know if you've ever looked at a Kiwi, but it's, Got the thick, smaller legs. The beak is not is longer than the um, api, the apiornis, the elephant bird. The elephant bird had more of a smaller beak, but there is a lot of similarity in the body type um, when you look at a. What you just take is a uh, you take a kiwi and then just you know, honey, I blew up the kid situation. It'd be adorable, a giant kiwi. It sounds adorable. Until you actually see it face to face and you have to decide how to survive. Um, but either way, um, examination of brain endocast has shown that both Apiornis maximus and Apiornis hildebrandi had greatly reduced optic lobes, uh, similar to those of their closest living relatives, the Kiwis, and consistent with a similar nocturnal lifestyle. So not only are you coming up on this 12-foot bird, 12, 13-foot bird, you're coming up on it at night. And it's just there. It just comes out of the darkness. 
No. The optic lobes of Moliornis were also reduced, but to a lesser degree, suggestive of nocturnal or crepuscular, uh, more around the time of twilight lifestyle. Apiornis Maximus had relatively larger olfactory bulbs than Apiornis Sobranti, suggesting that the former occupied forested habitats where the sense of smell is more useful, while the latter occupied open habitats. Imagine one of these things coming up on you in the middle of the night. All you have is your torch for light. We have torches, right, at this we have torches, right, at this point? I think so. Well, either way, just imagine, even with a flashlight, this thing coming at you. I don't know if you've played Dead by Daylight uh, or not, but I'm straight garbage with the flashlight, and I see this thing coming at me, and I'm trying to, like, in the game, you can blind somebody with a flashlight, and it kind of stuns them. I feel like this thing is just going to just plow through you, not even worry about the flashlight. Stop. That, yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, because there is no rainforest fossil record in Madagascar, it is not known for a certain if there were species adapted to dense forest dwelling, like the cassowary in Australia and New Guinea today. However, um, some rainforest fruit with thick, highly sculptured endocarps, such as that of the currently undispersed and highly threatened forest coconut palm, may have been adapted for passage through ratite guts, and the fruit of some palm species are indeed dark bluish purple, just like many cassowary dispersed fruits. A 2022 isotope analysis study suggested that some specimens of Apiornis hildebrandti were mixed feeders that had a large 48% grazing component to their diets, similar to that of the living Rhea americana, while the other species, Apiornis maximus, Molorornis modestus were probably browsers. Because you might think a ratite as fierce and feathery as the elephant bird would spend its time preying on smaller animals of the Pleistocene Madagascar, nobly its tree dwelling lemurs. As far as paleontologists can tell, however, Apiornis contented itself with picking off low lying fruit which grew in abundance in this tropical climate. Conclusions supported by studies of the cassowary of Australia and New Guinea, which is well adapted to a, all, to a fruit diet. Um, elephant birds are suggested to have grown in periodic spurts rather than having continuous growth. An embryonic skeleton of Apiornis is known from an intact egg around 80 to 90% of the way through incubation before it died. The skeleton shows that even at this early stage that the skeleton was robust much more than the comparable hatchling ostriches or rheas which may suggest that hatchlings were able to walk from birth the eggs of apiornis are the largest known for any bird or reptile and have a volume of around 5.6 to 13 liters 12 to 27 us pints 27 pints i'm at the it's enormous. <laughs> like, a pint? 27 pints. Or between two to three gallons. Um, that's, just, that's just so much volume. At length, a length of approximately 10 to 16 inches and a width of 19 to 25 centimeters or 7.5 to 9.8 inches. The largest Apiornis eggs are on average 3.3 millimeters, one eighth of an inch thick 
with an estimated weight of approximately 10.5 kilograms or 23 pounds. Eggs of Moliornis were much smaller, estimated to be only around 1.1 millimeters or 3.64 of an inch thick, with a weight of about 0.86 kilograms, 1.9 pounds. Yeah, that's a that's significantly smaller, a little under a little under two pounds on average. The large size of elephant bird eggs means they could, which have required substantial amounts of calcium, which is usually taken from the reservoir in the medullary bone in the femurs of female birds. Possible remnants of this tissue have been described from the femurs of Apiornis maximus. Let's talk about why they're gone. And if you don't know the answer, it's probably what you already think. Well, no, it might not be. Maybe you think there's a meteor that hit, whatever. Um, it's widely believed that the extinction of elephant Elephant birds was a result of human activity. Surprise, surprise, we destroy something beautiful in nature again. The birds were initially widespread, occurring from the northern to the southern tip of Madagascar. The late Holocene also witnessed the extinction of other Malagasy animals, including several species of Malagasy hippopotamus, giant tortoises belonging to the genus Aldebaraculus, the giant fossa, over a dozen species of giant lemurs, the aardvark-like animal Plesioris aterophis, and the crocodile voe. I love that we have this period when we just had giant everything. Um, I'm just imagining being a human living in this era, being 6'7", um, and just feeling like everything has the ability to kill me. Um, the elephant bird alone is scary enough, but I did a little more digging, and these extinct giant lemurs weighed anywhere from 10 kilograms, 22 pounds, um, which that's fair enough, small enough lemur, 22 pounds, that's something you can hold and love and just cuddle up on you. Uh, still big, but small enough, up to 350 pounds. On an average day, I'm somewhere between 300 and 350. That is, uh, when I'm not trying to lose weight, not trying to put on weight or anything, like, I fluctuate between 330, 350. Um, the last thing I want to deal with is an upset lemur that is weighing in at the same size as me. Um, Voa robustus, this alligator that I talked about, is 16 and a half feet long and weighing around 330 pounds. All these creatures are beasts that are in survivor mode. All these creatures are beasts that are in survival mode all the time. Me, I, uh, I'm, I, they're not coming up to me and notice me a stranger in their territory and their on their property, and trying to figure out the best way to talk through this situation. This is, these are animals that are in ready to defend their territory any way they need to. Um, and I'm a, I've de-evolved from most of my caveman instincts and am a weak version of what a survivalist is supposed to be. Um, like, back in the day, yeah, I would have been survival me. Ah, I would have been, I would have been a beast in the field. But be at the point I'm in right now where, like, my hunting involves going to the market and finding the best deal as opposed to the most nutritional value or what's going to get me through today until tomorrow. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not someone that wants to compete with these animals. Um, I've told multiple people multiple times, um, if I was placed in the wild and had to figure out how to survive, I'd give me a week before I collapse from hunger or am mauled to death by some wild animal better adapted to the wild. I don't plan on making it. Um, yeah, that's just like the thought of being a human in this time period, which I mean, now we've got guns and everything. We've got, we've got better ways to defend ourselves against larger predators. Um, but the fact of the matter is I still don't want to have to do it. Um, because yeah, that's just a, that is like the thought of like, I've got all this unseen trauma and, from all these experiences I'm experiencing daily around me to have to live in constant survival mode, um, is not something any, anyone should have to deal with. Um, that, that, I just, yeah, we'll go too deep, but like with, I, with my work, I interact with a lot of people who for the past, however long they've been living on the streets, they're in survival mode. It puts you into an entirely different mindset when you're trying to have to defend your property from people that are also on the street with you, people that just don't like the homeless population, people, and cops. Um, these are all things that they are on constant survival mode against, which is sad because, like, no one should have to live like this. This is not the this is not the proper state a mind should be in at this point in civilization we have come too far to have to have people living in situations like that um but either way i digress back to the elephant bird several elephant bird bones with incisions have been dated to approximately 10,000 bc which some authors suggest are cut marks which have been proposed as evidence of a long history of coexistence between elephant birds and humans however these conclusions conflict with more commonly accepted evidence of a much shorter history of human presence on the island and remain controversial the oldest securely dated evidence for humans on madagascar dates to the mid first millennial ad a 2021 study suggests that elephant birds along with the malagasy malagasy hippopotamus species became extinct in the interval 750 to 1050 AD, 1200 to 900 years before present, based on the timing of the latest radiocarbon dates. So BP is something I, before present is something I had never heard of until doing this, um, this episode, doing the research for this episode. So I had to look up what before present meant. Before BP, years before present, years also known as time before present or years before present, YBP, is a time scale used mainly in archaeology, geology, and other scientific disciplines to specify when events occurred relative to the origin of practical radiocarbon dating in the 1950s. Because the quote-unquote present time changes standard practices to use 1 January 1st, 1950 as the commencement date epoch of the age scale. The abbreviation BP has been interpreted retrospectively as before physics, 
which refers to the time before nuclear weapons testing artificially altered the proportion of the carbon isotopes in the atmosphere, which scientists must now account for. Which is crazy in itself. Uh, the timing of the youngest radiocarbon dates coincided with major environmental alteration across Madagascar by humans changing forests into grassland, probably for cattle pastoralism, with the environmental change likely being induced by the use of fire. The reduction of forested area may have had cascade effects, like marking, like making elephant birds more likely to be encountered by hunters, though there is little evidence of human hunting of elephant birds. Humans may have utilized elephant bird eggs, introduced disease, hyperdisease, which have been proposed as a cause of extinction, but the plausibility for this is weakened due to the evidence of centuries of overlap between humans and elephant birds on Madagascar. So hyperdisease, another thing I had to look up, uh, it proposes that humans or their common commensals introduced one or more highly virulent diseases into vulnerable populations of native mammals, eventually causing extinctions. So that is all the information I have on the amazing and wonderful elephant bird. Um, yeah, any final thoughts or anything? Normally I have some final thoughts at the end of the episode, but I don't really have any here. I'm just, I, I enjoyed doing the research on this and learning more about it. Um, just knowing that an animal like this was on the earth the same time as humans, um, even Marco Polo, as recently as Marco Polo may have seen um, this bird. But, yeah, it's just, I'm just, it, like, growing up, I loved learning about dinosaurs and stuff, but I never really, the, those other periods in between the dinosaurs, when we had more of the, the different, all the different scenes, you know? Um, <laughs> I uh, I didn't really learn as much about those. I had some general knowledge and stuff but i never really like dug deep my thing was i love dinosaurs dinosaurs were my jam how could they not be they're amazing as well but thinking about like these animals that are closely related or even very similar to a lot of the animals we have on earth today but in ginormous size um just always blows my mind um and that's the thing like we just keep finding new fossils keep finding new all these new things and it's just exciting how uh, how the more we know about our past and the more what was on this earth before we were um but yeah i am glad i hope you enjoyed it glad i did this episode glad it's over um <laughs> as you may have told could tell there were some words that were definitely above my normal uh my normal level of utilizing in everyday speech and a lot of scientific uh a lot of scientific jargon in this one um but i hope you enjoyed it leave a comment on youtube instagram somewhere just saying or you can message me as well i'm always willing to chat back and forth with the listeners i love hearing from people that have heard this episode enjoy it or Give me some criticism, constructive criticism. Don't don't just be mean about it. I realize this is not my normal episode I would do, and there's probably some uh, 
probably some mispronunciations and just yeah otherwise i i think all the information should be uh, i feel like all the information's reliable um but as far as the way i pronounce some of the words i'm sure i've messed up a few in here but yeah it is that is all i have i guess this brings us to the end of the episode and i want to thank you for listening um as always remind you that there are if you enjoy this episode and would like to support it um one of the best ways is to tell your friends tell someone else that enjoys these same similar topics which my topics are kind of they could be all over the place um but i definitely tried to keep it more with the the not so popular trying to this is a this is a time for you to step away from everything that's going on outside um and just learn a little bit more about something that is you may already know a little bit about may already know a lot about um but just a chance to have something to listen to besides everything that's going on right now. Just an opportunity to have a an hour or so step away from um, everything and just kind of dive into this a little more. Dive into learning about something new. But like I said, the best way to support is let a friend know. Share the episode. Share it on your social media. Share it with your friends. Send it in a link to your group chat. Um, there's also the ability to financially support me through Patreon or I'm not positive. I think you can support through Spotify, but I'm not positive on that. Um, but if you can and you want to do that, thank you for listening today. Um, I will try to be doing more frequent episodes. Uh, sorry, the, the camera, I'm having some minor issues with it's a new camera and i am adjusting to it so you might see a little different transitions in the video but it took me a minute to get my audio all set up to it's been a little while since i recorded but i'm happy to be back recording happy to be putting this out there um so i guess we'll end it with that so as always keep an eye to the sky or in today's episode's case, maybe keep an eye to the ancient landscapes that once hosted these magnificent creatures. See you next time.